Hello, and welcome to something. A it, toast to a ghost? I don't know. We're, we are f- the artists formerly known as a toast to rom-coms. I love that. <laughs> and we'll figure something out. Perfect. So until we do just the artists formerly known as a toast to rom-coms. Okay. Yes. So we are shifting ourselves out of first gear and into reverse. Is it reverse? I don't know. I just... We're making a left turn. There we go. (laughs) We are not staying the course. We're making a wrong turn. Ooh. Maybe we can do that movie. Never saw it. Ooh, it's good. So we are moving from a rom-coms, exclusively rom-coms, to exclusively scary movies. And I could not be more excited. I could not be hating my life more. But number one, my name is Allison. And I'm Marie. I would like to say for all of you listeners out there who know me personally and know my feelings about horror... That I did not suggest this. No, I did at the suggestion of my husband, and it made sense. I'm fucking jacked. Okay. For this. So, um, we're working on scary movies, and we are starting off with a bang. I was trying to think of something like this. Starting off with an exorcism. An old priest and a new priest. The power of Christ compels us to talk about the exorcist today. <laughs> we got there. Yeah. I didn't know what you wanted from me. <laughs> that worked. Okay. That worked. Um, so because we're talking about a different genre of movie, that means that our categories are going to be changing up. It also means that we'll probably screw up even more so, which is kind of shocking. Yeah. Um, because this is going to be a new format to us. So just bear with us as we feel some things out, make changes, and just... Get into a groove. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to take a while. One more thing to keep in mind. We don't know jack squat about movies. We just like them. We're not in the industry. Nope. I don't know anything about cinematography, what makes a good movie to an artist. I just know what I like and what I don't like. Absolutely. So we're just going to be chatting like it's the two of us chatting. Without a microphone. That's right. But there's a microphone. I see it. But we still will have a drink. Yes. We'll have two drinks. Um, Because every podcast we have two drinks that is affiliated with the movie. Allison's very concerned about mine. I thought I saw a gnat in it, but I think it's just a bubble. Okay. Um, But we'll get to those shortly after we talk about our summary and who's in this movie. Yes. So, The Exorcist. Iconic movie. Everyone knows that. You might not have seen it, but you know about it. Um, it's It's a movie about a mother and daughter... And the daughter gets possessed by a demon. And it is a story of how to resolve that. How Getting do you, that demon out. How do you get it out? That's quite the question. Yeah. Then there's no easy answers. <laughs> nope. Doctors sure shit don't know. <laughs> no. How would they? They are men of science, not men of God. Yeah. Except they 
Never mind. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. So let me tell you who's in this movie. Well, mm-hmm. first of all, let's uh, let's let me tell you that it came out in 1973, mm-hmm. and it stars Ellen Burstyn, Max von Sydow, the three-eyed raven himself, absolutely, Linda Blair, and Jason Miller. Fun fact: His son is Jason Patrick. You don't know who that is because you are too young. It sounds really familiar. He was in Speed 2 Cruise Control, among other things, but that's the one that sticks out. I'm really sorry. I've never seen Speed 2. I shouldn't either. I just know it. Okay. Jason Patrick. Oh, he's in The Lost Boys. That's on my list. I've never seen it. It's on my list to watch. Okay. He vaguely looks familiar. He's been in things. Other than Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good to know. Oh, let me tell you who um, who did this movie. <laughs> this movie was directed by William Friedkin, and it was written by William Peter Blatty. And he did both the novel and the screenplay. Yes. And I've never read the novel, although I know people who have, and they say it's very good. And I did look up some differences between the movie and the novel. Okay. So, again, we'll get there. Okay. So, to go with this movie today, we have a surprise, surprise, Exorcist. Now, this is one of those drinks where there's a bunch of different recipes. So, if you're into this one, make sure you get the right recipe. It is... Tequila Blanco, lime juice, simple syrup, and then I don't know, is it a float or do you just top? It's a, well, I didn't read, I made it a float. So we floated red wine on top of the other stuff. One you will clearly see on the Instagram site worked very well and nothing you can do will disrupt that float. You can't go downstairs and disrupt it. You can't swirl it around. But mine... It's just red. It's just blood (laughs) looking, which is fine. I don't understand how I did it. And if you like the glasses, they are apparently very cheap at Ikea. They are. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, to horror. Yep. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not repulsed. No, I don't hate it at all. And I'm not gagging at it. Mm -mm. I just, and I know you're going to have feelings about this, but I'm doing it anyway. That's fine. I've gone accustomed to it. Did you bring ice? Is that just ice cubes? No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm just pulling ice out of my water and putting it in my cocktail. (laughs) Because I like a really cold drink. That's fine. I mean, they've also been sitting. Yeah. You've disrupted the float. People, ice will disrupt the float. I mean, I re- it's still... It's still lighter on the bottom, but it's not the defined line that it was. I have no defined line. It looks like I am a vampire. Honestly, to me, it tastes like tequila without the bite. Yeah. Like, I don't taste the wine distinctly. I don't taste the lime juice or the syrup. It just tastes like mild tequila. Now, I asked your husband, because he tried it beforehand and he had a poker face because he didn't want to sway you one Mm -hmm. way. He said to give you that one because he thought you would like that one better. Can I try it? Absolutely. Sorry I put ice in it before you tried it. Son of a bitch. (laughs) 
Is there a difference? I think there is. And okay, I, now I'm going to taste yours. I think yours is better. Oh, yours is awful. What happened? I really couldn't tell you. <laughs> Why? But just the fact that it's that big of a taste difference. So, guys, if you make this, you definitely want to go for the float. That's wild. It is. I didn't, wouldn't think it'd make that big of a difference. Yours is very smooth. <laughs> Mine is fine for me because I think I like wine. Like, I, you don't like wine. It's very sharp. Yes. Yes. Good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Marie. Yes. Help me break down our new categories. So... Um, our first category we're going to talk about is the villain and the hero of each movie. All right. So with the villain, and we think that this hopefully will apply to most scary movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to look at method of killing. Like, what is the villain? Is there a motive? Is there a backstory? Is it a good villain? Um, and then with the heroes, we're kind of thinking of... Um, does this character deserve to survive? Mm-hmm. Is it somebody that you could relate to? Somebody that you side with? Mm-hmm. How good of a hero are they? Mm-hmm. Um, we are then going to talk about the foolish decisions the characters made. As characters try to survive. So, and I think in slasher movies, this is a big one. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking more like, oh my gosh, why would you go upstairs in a horror movie if you have no escape? So we're talking about like, okay, why did they just do that? Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Another big guy, do these characters deserve to survive? Which we kind of already touched upon. But I think this is more of a deeper dive on all of them. Yeah. Yes. So it's not just the main hero. This is going to be tricky for this movie, by the way. I have thoughts. Wait, are you talking about who deserves to survive or the next category? I'm talking about who the actual hero is. Okay. Um, The next one is jump scares. And on a general scale, how scary is the movie? Mm Mm-hmm. Which I feel like generally will lend itself to an iconic scene because I think in a lot of these horror movies, yeah, there's going to be an iconic scene. Like these movies from the 70s and 80s, there is an iconic component. Like The Exorcist, it's iconic. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you say. Um, I also think if there's any gore, we're going to talk about the gore. Mm-hmm. Was it necessary? Did it add anything? Mm-hmm. Like, shocks, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then finally, final thoughts. Of course, we'll give our general final thoughts, but then we have some more specific things we want to talk about. Could we survive this? Um, does this movie have staying power? Like, will people continue to talk about it? Isn't it an iconic movie? And how much therapy do we think the characters will need? I love it. After the end of this. I always ask that. Do you really? I do. 
after this, I'd be like, man, she needs therapy. Like, <laughs> God, you know, she really needs to get down in this. <laughs> so that that's what, what we got so far, guys. Um, if you have any thoughts about it, feel free to email us at toast2romcoms at gmail.com. T-O-A-S-T-T-O-R-O-M-C-O-M-S at gmail.com. We'd love to hear some thoughts. So what's your first experience with this movie? Super recent. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't watch this for the first time until... I mean, I knew about like the whole spinning head, pea soup, vomit... Mm. But I had never sat down and watched this movie until I think maybe one or two years ago. Oh, wow. I'm mm-hmm. surprised. Yeah. And, and your infatuation, love, and your love of horror movies, when did that start? I actually want to say it probably was reinvigorated with the Friday the 13th movies and with Gorley and Rust. Mm. So I probably want to say, no, maybe farther, maybe four or five years ago. Okay. Does that track to you? Yeah. Okay. Now, what was your first experience with this? Again, always kind of knew, like, the the scenes from it. But I remember watching this with a couple friends at Duquesne University. They always had a movie on at, like, 11 or 11.30. Like, your friends are Duquesne? Duquesne. They always... Where? Like, on their Duquesne station. They would show a movie, I think, twice a night on the weekends, like an oh. earlier showing and then a later showing. I don't know about this. Yeah. So one day it was The Exorcist, which is an interesting choice for a Catholic school. Sure is. Uh, so we all watched it. Lights absolutely full on. Okay. Yep. Lights were on. And I remember I was sitting on the floor of the dorm while my friend was putting my hair up in Liberty Spikes. I love it. Yep. We use like a whole can of hairspray. Love it. <laughs> and that's how I watched The Exorcist. Where are the pictures? I don't think there are any. Damn it. I know. I know. But yeah, they were they were quite long. What color was your hair? Uh, it was purple or like the mauvish at that point. Okay. Yeah. I didn't keep them in for long, maybe like a day or two. The spikes. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I'm into it. Can't imagine me with them now. Nope. <laughs> I don't know if it goes with your aesthetic now. <laughs> what aesthetic? <laughs> Sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> so I was fine with it when we watched it because there was just a lot of other things going on. Okay. You know, we got like the late night food, we picked it up at Towers, we came back, eat hair. Towers had late night. Uh Uh-huh. I remember that. They used to have late night, they used to have really good waffle fries. That I don't, we always would get the cheesy bread and seasonally they would have cartons of strawberries and whipped cream. That so was good. Not a thing when I was there. That's amazing. Yeah. Man, late night towers. There was, did they have wings? There was something else we would get. I feel like that. wings sound familiar. Yeah. That's so funny. That is like a something that I had forgotten until you just brought mm-hmm. it up. They were shitty wings though. Yeah. But you know, you know. it was free food, be, yeah. quote unquote, because it was on your meal plan. Right. Yeah, so that, that was my first experience, and it didn't really stick with me. Like, I was fine with it. Hmm. 
Yeah. Now, I have a question for you in general about this new adventure for our podcast. Okay. Are you permitting yourself to close your eyes or TBD? TBD. Okay. I don't know. Like, you've told me some things that you've seen. Like, I'm thinking about the Terrifier in particular. I will never do that. I will never suggest for us to do that because that is... Like, it's, um, like, what's that? Gore porn? Torture porn? That's the one. Yeah. I will never, ever watch that again. That was disgusting. Okay. So I will never want to bring up anything like that. I mean, I think we should do the first saw, but Mm -hmm. that is far, that is as far as I will go. What do you mean that's as far as you'll go? Like, torture wise. Oh. Like, even the second saw is... Is that the house one? Yeah, okay. where like somebody's head turns around and I stuff. Remember. I think I went with our sister-in-law and saw that in the movie theater. Hmm. But no, I will never suggest anything like that. Okay. Like anything like disgusting, unless I've never seen it before. Hostile? I've never seen it. Interesting. Have you? No, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to watch any of these movies, really. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like... As we were watching The Exorcist, I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I don't like this. I don't... There was one night, so, like, I broke it up. I thought it would be easier to break up. So, the first night was real easy. Because it's all backstory. The first night was real easy. Um, and then we got into it. And then the last night, I I did have nightmares. Oh. Yeah. And it it was, like, my kid... Oh. And so I had a hard time sleeping that night. Well, so, if this is going to upset your mental health, please let me know and we will stop. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But yes, I have a really hard time with scary movies. So if you want to close your eyes, feel free. I'll tell you what happens. Okay. <laughs> I think the only movie in recent memory that I did close my eyes for was Terrifier. Okay. But it was disgusting. And that is also the first time I've had to sleep with the lights on in like 10 years. Wow. It was appalling. And apparently the second one is worse. You'll have to tell Bernard because I told him that you were talking about like a scene and it was terrible. And I'll tell him about it. Yeah. Um, There is a sick part of me that wants to see what's so bad about the second one. Like what could be worse. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Read the summary. Yeah. That's a strategy I've been considering, too. Like, if I read the summary. Oh, and then you know what to expect. And then I know what to expect. Yeah. I think the the last time I almost closed my eyes with a non-gore movie. Mm-hmm. Gore doesn't generally bother me unless it's, like, really sick. But, um, Babadook. Because it was so many jump scares. Yeah. It's, like, so, like, <gasps> Like, whew. I watched that one. I didn't, I don't think I closed my eyes during it, but Bernard would start saying the names to me. Bob, no, Bob. no, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. I can't. I don't know how this is going to last. <laughs> I can't. And like, because we were doing this, I was, I was trying to pinpoint like where this aversion came from. And I think it started like childhood. Yeah. It's our father. I know, 100%. Love you, Dad. But but we watch scary movies a little bit too young. So, 
I'm sure that you know this, but my experience with scary movies, I was off them for years. And do you know, you know why? Was it The the Shining? No, it was The Ring. Oh, yes. I remember. I was drunk in a bar and you called me. You're like, I'm home alone. Mom and dad are at a party and I was watching The Ring and the lights went out. It was probably like one of the top scariest movies of my life. I vividly remember. I think I was 13. It was, I, I felt so bad. I was hovering over a toilet at the Smiling Moose like, oh. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know me, like, so I love scary movies. Like dad, our brother started me, all of us, they started young, like mm-hmm. saw The Shining at like six or seven poltergeist predator like all this crazy stuff it was totally fine so fine that i was watching the ring home alone and i had even seen it before oh i didn't know that yeah and then all of the lights went out whenever she was coming out of the tv and i was like i'm gonna die i think that's a totally reasonable thought i was like oh my god it's my time (laughs) my seven days are up I didn't watch the video, but <laughs> but I did because it was in there. No, but um, and then after that, I don't think I watched another scary movie willingly until college, and I saw that all of Paranormal Activities in the theaters with my friends. But I was really scared. Still, I slept on my um, I had four guy friends, and I slept on their couch in their apartment after we saw Paranormal Activity three or four. Yeah. So. I'm curious to see how I would feel about them today. I watched the first one only, and me and Bernard watched it in the theater, and I didn't look at the screen half the time. Every time I saw, like, the time slow down in the corner, Bernard would lean forward, I'd put my head behind his back, and I would watch the guy sitting next to him because the theater was packed, and the guy would, like, cover his eyes with his sweatshirt and then lower it so he could peek out. And when he put his sweatshirt down, I would knew I could look again. That's so funny. Yeah. But then now, and I wonder if this has something to do with my antidepressants. I think I've told you this theory. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, I haven't. Uh Uh-uh. I'm wondering if my anxiety is just, like, quelled enough that I'm fine. And I can sit and watch a horror movie mostly by myself. Because that's what I do. Whenever my husband works at night, he goes upstairs to work at 8. I watch horror movies by myself at bedtime. Because he doesn't like them. He doesn't like them. So I watch mm-hmm. them. It's me and Millie. Mm-hmm. And then if I jump scare too much, Millie jumps up and she covers my face. <laughs> That's so adorable. It's really cute. But she gets upset that I'm upset. Yeah. But yeah. So love them now. I makes me feel alive. I, I told Bernard, I was watching it during the day. Okay. And then Bernard was like, but I want to watch The Exorcist too." So I was like, okay, I'll watch it at night. And I told him like the second or third day we were watching, I was like, I don't know if I can do this at night for all of these movies. Like, I'm just going to have to watch them in the day sometimes. And he was like, I get it. How about I pick the old movies and you pick the new movies? Okay. Because the new movies... I'm sure I haven't seen a lot of them, but you pick them because I want you to pick what you're comfortable with. And if I have seen it, I can clue you in. Okay. Does that sound okay? That's fine. I don't want to be a baby. No, I'm just I don't want you, you to have nightmares. <laughs> 
But what did we just talk about where I was like, damn, we need to do that movie, Paranormal Activity. <laughs> but I see, I see your face. <laughs> but like all these old movies I'm looking at, like technically I, so we that's not going to be our pattern. We're going to do old scary movie, new, old, new, old, new. But for whatever reason, we made we made new scary movies from 2015 above. Listen, I said 2010, and you were like, "No, 2015." <laughs> you had like a hard 2015 <laughs> or nothing. It's my line. It was. I don't know why. No sense. <laughs> but 2015 is where new movies start. Yeah, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. So it's it's not like there's going to be a lack of material. I do think there's some ones that we for sure have to do. Like, I think It Follows is iconic. But look, I think that the paranormal activities, at least the first one, is before 2015. So it would be considered an, an old, old one. one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, th- I think. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it was, what, like 2009 or 2008, maybe? But no, if Bernard and I were on a date, it would have been 2010. It was, look, I feel yeah, like I'm squeaking in my chair too much. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. This furniture <laughs> is Chris fucking teen. Oh, 2007. Maybe you were watching the Paranormal Activity 2. That was 2010. No, it's definitely the first one. 2007. I was still in high school. That doesn't sound right. Hmm? You can't argue facts. I can't. <laughs> Maybe I'm just wrong. <laughs> no. I don't think that's true. <laughs> that couldn't be possible. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen all of the paranormal activities, though. But I don't remember them because that was in my closing eye phase. Okay. Yeah. Like college, yeah. And then I remember the first time I watched The Conjuring, it was with James... And there was, we were dating and mom and dad had a very firm, like, okay, he can stay over, but you can't sleep together. We were so scared. We stayed in my bed together with the lights on and watched Zoolander until we both fell asleep. I think you were, yeah, because I, me and Bernard were there as well. And I laid on the floor facing the other way reading Mm because I didn't want to watch it. It's a good movie. It holds up. It's good. So, okay. Anyway. Let's get to our talk. Do you want to start with the hero or the villain? Well, I want to talk about, really quick, I just want to mention that we were going to talk about just briefly what kind of horror it is. Because Mm. you can have slasher, psychological, paranormal, whatever. And this is for sure paranormal. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would consider demons paranormal, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So par- it's definitely paranormal. The demon will be talking about, there's a lot of facts on who he is. It, because, okay, so let's just roll right into the villain. Okay. I didn't know why I had it in my head until I looked it up after I finished the movie. I was like, wait, how do I know that the demon's name is Pazuzu? Mm-hmm. Because it's never mentioned in there. It's mentioned in the second one. Okay. This one ended, and I rolled right into the second one because I had never seen it before. God, it was awful. I didn't even finish it, which means it was really bad. I saw James Earl Jones in a moth costume, and I was like, I'm out. 
I'm out. And you only had 25 minutes left. Yeah. That's shocking. I couldn't do it. So, yeah, it's Pazuzu. Yes. So Pazuzu, which you see him, flashed several times. I loved that. Throughout the movie. Apparently, those were like makeup tests for Reagan. And that's what they used. Oh. Which I'm glad they didn't go that route because I don't see how that like white and dark makeup would have worked. Yeah, that was, that's scary though. Mm-hmm. Like those flashes were scary. They were. I, I didn't have any, well, we'll get there. So I'm just reading from IMDb facts. And to me, some of the information, I didn't fact check shit, guys. Oh, no. So Why would you? I'm just reading from IMDb facts. Yeah. If it's not true, archaeologists out there, sorry, email us. Hey. Toast to romcoms at gmail.com. As Matt Gorley and Paul Rust say, IMDb, it's canon. (laughs) It's gospel. So the demon seen but not named throughout the film is called Pazuzu, a demon known in Assyrian and Babylonian mythology as the demon that brings famine during the dry seasons and locusts during the rainy seasons. He was the king of the demons of the wind, which you can kind of see wind throughout the room with the curtains and the windows are always open. Excuse me, but I need to add Pazuzu to my list of cat names. Please don't. You cannot name your cat after the demon in The Exorcist. It would be so good on a black cat. No. I'm putting it in. No, I don't like that. I'm going to delete it because I have that list. You, I shared my cat list with you? You sure fucking did. Why, why did I do that? Oh, because you're naming your dog. <laughs> yep. So I'm just going to delete it. <laughs> so I got Bean Dip and Pazuzu. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, uh, so just a, a little bit more. What's weird about it. Da-da-da-da, some details from the book were left out of the movie. Marin is at the archaeological excavation for the ancient deities, which... I didn't even realize that was Marin in the beginning. It's so that was, this was a very critically acclaimed movie at the time. And I do think it is an amazing movie, but there's a lot of holes. Yeah. Like there's a lot of questions that I'm asking myself the entire movie. Like who's this guy? And, and I'm like, what are we doing in Iraq? Like every time I watch this movie, I seem to forget that we are in Iraq like why like that it opens there, you know? Yes. And then I'm also like how did this get to Washington DC? That statue? Yeah. The statue didn't though, did it? Yeah, because Burke Dennings picks it up. It was either Burke Dennings or it was the cop. They see it at the bottom of the staircase. No, that wasn't that was a figure that Reagan made. Remember, then the cop goes to the windowsill. That's how you know Reagan's the one who killed him. Oh, and then they put it together with the vandalism in the church. Yes, which is not spelled out in the movie, but it's spelled out in the novel. These are all of the questions that I had right there. So, yes. Um, so it is implied that Marin and the archaeologist might have inadvertently unleashed a resurrected Pazuzu during this dig. 
Um, director claimed that Marin finding a demon idol is simply a bad omen, mm-hmm. announcing to Marin that the demon will strike again soon. It is also made clear in the book that Reagan's use of the Ouija board is mm-hmm. how Pazuzu found her in the first place and how he gained entry into her world. Also, the book makes it more obvious that it was Reagan who likely desecrated the church at the mm-hmm. beginning as they find remnants of the clay that was used to make the decorations in the McNeil's basement and in her room. Da, 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 da. The book also explicitly states that the demon is Pazuzu, which is why the prologue is in Iraq or ancient Mesopotamia, where the demon god was worshipped in the first exorcist film. They just keep calling him the devil. It's not until the sequel that they refer to him as Pazuzu. Okay, this answers a lot of really good questions for me, because the first time I watched this, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Mm -hmm. And this is, I don't know how many times you've seen it. I think I've seen it now beginning to end three times. Okay. And I do remember distinctly the first time I'm like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Why are we at this church? What time is this happening in? How far away is, like, is this in the same time frame of Marin going to Iraq? And is Reagan and her mother in Washington, D.C.? When does Father Karras' mother actually die? Like, I don't know the time frame. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it's and a little confusing. I also thought it was confusing. Thought it was confusing because at the beginning of the movie, Marin looks so much younger than he does when we see him again in Reagan's room. And is that because so much time has passed or is it because the demon's influence on him? I don't know because I didn't pick up on that. The first time I saw Marin, I said, did they age him or does he always look 80 at baseline? But I don't know if you know that he was eight. He was 44. Yes, I did see that. Which I didn't know until after. <laughs> Apparently it hurt him getting other roles because everyone was like, damn, that man just looks old. <laughs> Thread Raven. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, he was in that terrible Woody Allen movie mm-hmm. that we watched. Like he mm-hmm. didn't look that old then. But that's, I was so confused. <laughs> See, I thought he looked progressively worse as the movie went on. You didn't? I mean, I definitely think he looked gaunt, but I just attribute it to, like, the toll that the demon was taking. Okay. Okay. Like, I just thought he looked pale and, like, sunken in. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Yeah. But, okay. So, Pazuzu possessed Reagan via the Ouija board. Right. Because... It was awakened in this archaeological dig. Correct. Okay. And there's really no rhyme or reason that we know of that he went from ancient Mesopotamia to Washington, (laughs) D.C. Captain Howdy. Apparently, that was his best option. Okay. And then we put in that we were going to talk about possible motives. And I feel like with this guy, this devil or demon, I think he just wants to bring evil upon the world. I think he just wants to upset people. Like, I don't think he's like particularly seeking out like a specific person. I think there was an opening and he took it because he just wants to make people upset. So this is like where my worries come in because I don't want to like make him mad. (laughs) Did you do your sage burning? We did it. You did not. I did not. Mm. I know. 
So I don't want to make him mad, but I'm like, he picked a 12 year old girl. He can get like a small circle of misery from this 12 year old girl. Wouldn't a better choice have been like a higher up politician? Yeah. A CEO of like the equivalent of Apple back then. It just doesn't seem like it was the wisest choice. I think he preys on innocence. Okay. I could take that. I also read something, and this is what didn't make sense a little bit. He's a protector of women and children. Because it was weird in the second one from what I saw. It's not like a particularly evil force. Like, they worship him, and it's like, it seems very, like, crop-serving, I guess. Yes. Um, It says, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. He was considered as both destructive and dangerous, but also as a repellent to other demons, one who would safeguard the home from their influence. He was... In particular, he was protective of pregnant women and mothers whom he could defend from the machinations of the demoness Lamashtu, his rival. Okay. So just, I find it interesting. Now, I granted, Chris wasn't pregnant in this. Mm-hmm. But she was a mom, so if he's protective of mothers, it kind of... Goes against. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. So this movie is flawed. Yes. Cinematography, probably not. But, like, the story itself, it's flawed. Which I, even then, like, I hate to say it, because Bernard and I both talked about, like, the movie wasn't as scary as we remembered it, but the story was very good. Mm-hmm. Like, the journey of figuring out what was going on was a good journey. There are some really, there's scenes, we'll get there, that I'll never stop thinking about. Mm-hmm. With the scary stuff. Okay. So I still think it's scary. I tried to get our niece to watch it because she loves scary movies, but this was our second movie and it was like one in the morning, so she fell asleep. But I stayed up and watched it. <laughs> so, because we watched The Ring. Yeah. And then I just was like, you know what? Let's see what an exorcist, like what the exorcist does to a Gen Z child. Okay. She's 13. 14. I thought it was kosher, but she fell asleep. She didn't make it past Iraq. Probably for the best. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so I think that, you know, you can't argue against the evilness of the villain. Like, there's pretty much, in the movie, there's no redeeming qualities. Like, it is just... You're not going to talk with this guy. Nope. And be like, hey, how about you work with us a little bit? <laughs> Let's talk this out, my guy. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. Because with, like, Michael Myers or, like, Jason Voorhees, like, there's a little bit of, like, you can talk to Jason. Can you? If you're pretending to be his mother. Oh, okay. You got to watch part two. I just watched it today. I've never watched one of those movies. Not a one. I think it is crucial to horror pop culture to watch part one, part two, and part four. Okay. Part three. You can forget it. The only thing you need to know about part three is that's when he gets his hockey mask. Okay. That's it. Part four, you got Corey Feldman. You got Crispin Glover. Wow. Is that pre-Back to the Future or post? 
Pre. You all do Back to the Future. You do part four. Yeah. But um, I don't know why I think it might be because of some of the silliness and because the silliness I think is on purpose, like the farther you get along. The Friday the 13th movies are my favorite, like of the big three. Like, 1985 for Back to the Future. Okay, sorry. No, that's okay. I was running my... Is that Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and Jason? Yeah. Friday the 13th. Uh, 84. Okay, so pre. Mm -hmm. It's very confusing because part four is the final chapter. Spoiler alert. There's 10. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, there's 11 because there's a Freddy versus Jason, which is <sighs> so fun. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just very... I have a passion for Friday the 13th. Interesting. I would have thought Halloween would have been more your jam. They get real weird. Yeah. And I mean, not that this doesn't... Not that Friday the 13th doesn't too, but I think it knows itself better than Halloween. Gotcha. Takes itself too seriously, Halloween. Yeah. But I would love to do Halloween 1977 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then Halloween 2018. Gotcha. Well, you that's an old and a new. Exactly. Um, so, Hero. Yeah. Who are you classifying as the main hero of this movie? Because there's probably four candidates. Okay, so I had four candidates written, and I was looking at it again, and I crossed out Reagan. Yeah, I don't think Reagan's the hero. Do you still have four candidates? Uh, she was... One uh, of yours. Okay. Yeah, I think that's one of the four main candidates. I think the candidates are Reagan, mm-hmm. Karis, mm-hmm. Marin, mm-hmm. and the mom. So the more I look at it, I think I'm really settling on Karis. Yeah. Because I think he goes on, and I think that's probably why they show him with his mother, like, and even before that, they show him, you know, I think I've lost my faith. Mm-hmm. And then his stuff with his mom, losing his mom, takes him down further, and then meeting Chris. Mm-hmm. And I think he just has a journey of growth. Yes. And he makes a sacrifice. That's what tipped me over the edge. Because I think in the end, he is the one who saved Reagan. Um, I definitely wouldn't have gone Marin. To me, it would have been between the mom and Karis. I agree with you. And it's weird because Marin got, what, third billing, second billing? No, I think Marin's top. Max von Sydow, I think it was top. I hate that. Because Ellen Burstein should be top. I think she was amazing in this movie. And I, I don't know if that would have been changed. Yeah, I think he was top. He's barely in it. But he's the name, right? I, I don't know. I don't know enough of the Three-Eyed Raven. I don't either. Yeah. Guys, I'm sorry if you can hear clapping and laughing in the background. It's the backyard brawl today in Pittsburgh. Do you, did, did Dad and uh, our stepmom leave? I believe so. Okay, so this noise is just our husbands. Yes. Are you surprised? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about 
I I like this mother a lot. I like her character. So on IMDb, she's top billing. Okay. So maybe would that have been true for back then? I don't think so. I couldn't. I didn't pay attention when I was watching it. Okay. Probably not because it was the seventies. Okay. But yeah, so we're in agreement. It's Karis. It's Karis. Right. Really liked his character. I did too because I think he's real. I agree. I like how he is. I like his relationship with the other priest. The cop and how he deals with the cop. I even like his interactions with the mom a lot when they meet up. Mm-hmm. I I thought he was, like, approachable. Yes. Marin is just, like, what you think of a priest. Like, very severe. Yeah. Serious. Not to say he's unlikable. It's just he is definitely more the stereotypical down-to-business kind of priest. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe it's his background in psychology that gives Karis the upper hand in that case. Like, he's more willing to look at things from a human perspective because he realizes he's dealing with humans and not just the demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a really interesting part of this movie to have that component where he's like, you want to go back to the Middle Ages? That's the last time this was done. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't believe it. Yeah. But he did his due diligence. I think that's part of what made him likable again, too. Mm -hmm. He didn't believe it, but he was going to investigate it for the sake of the people. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you ready to move on to foolish decisions? Do you want to do a new drink first? Uh, Let's do it after the next one. Okay. Or, uh, yeah, after this. So, foolish decisions. I'm going to tell you. Do you want to say it together? There's There's none. There's one. One. I have one, but it didn't affect the storyline. Okay. So, I want to hear what you said. I thought it was foolish for the doctors to try hypnosis, but not... But then discount, like, the possibility of anything else. Like, these men of science are going to use hypnosis. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. So, they're going to use hypnosis, but they're not going to believe any kind of paranormal thing. But they said to do the exorcism. Not because there's an actual demon, but because, like, the shock value will, like, snap Reagan out of it. Yeah. So they did suggest it, which is what led Chris to do it. But she she did it because she believed in it. They did. I don't think she did. Hmm. Because someone, I forget it's, if it's the cop or Karis, said, do you believe in God? And she was like, not really. But then, to me, I was upset when the doctor saw this paranormal stuff happening. Like, she got out of her restraints. Like, she made the bedrock. Like, they see her power and all of this weird shit happening. And they're like, no, there's still scientific scientific explanations behind this. Mm -hmm. That upset me. Personally. Yeah. Like, that was dumb. 
But I don't think that led to a poor decision. I think that was just their flaws. Okay. But the mother, I would have done the exact same thing she did. Mm -hmm. She tried everything. I think she was such a good mom. Mm-hmm. My one, my one bad decision was Marin left Karis alone with Reagan, and then Karis went in by himself later. Because if he hadn't have been left alone or went in there by himself, Marin wouldn't have had to kick him out. Mm, and he wouldn't have died. Right. I think there would have been a better chance for their survival. Spoiler alert. They don't make it. It's 1973. If you haven't seen this movie, it's on you if you're upset that we spoiled <laughs> something. Um, so, yeah, I think that was the big foolish decision that our hero made. Interesting, interesting. Another thing, and I don't know how you're, what you think about this. I think it was foolish, unless it wasn't properly explained to him. Why did Burke go into Reagan's room? Or do you think that was part of the demon enticing him? Or was it because like, hey, can you watch her while I run out and grab something? I think it's that. Okay. I thought that someone was always there with her. Okay. Um, just to make sure she was okay and shit went down. Okay. That's fair. I, I support that. I just had the question. Yeah. I feel like this is the exception to horror movies of like these people made all the right choices oh yeah yeah they absolutely did which is funny because we set these categories and i'm watching i'm like shit i know we can't say anything (laughs) here so i'm having so much fun this gives me like renewed podcast vigor (laughs) because i was getting real sick of rom-coms man (laughs) which i think you saw that so i appreciate this no 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 yeah um All right, we're going to pause, make another exorcist, and come right back. Okay, before we get started here, I just want to extend my apologies for misleading everything. Our husbands were not watching the backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pitt. They are, in fact, watching sumo wrestling. It is the weirdest. Deep into it. So into it. I will go into, like, I will come home from work, and James will just be watching sumo. He's like, I gotta find it and watch it fast before they take it down. Why would they take it down? I don't know. Some some of it gets taken down. I don't know if it's weird copyright stuff, but it just gets <laughs> taken down. He's like, gotta find it and watch it real fast. Okay. The more you know, if you're into sumo wrestling, find it now. Because it'll be taken down. I also would like to talk about how the drinks turned out exactly the same as they did before. The first one I made, wine float, perfect. Second one, all mixed. Excuse me while I put more ice in my drink. (laughs) Ting. (laughs) And the wine settles right back. It's just so much better when it's cold. Do you want a cube? No. I'll only use two fingers to pull it out of my glass. And also another revelation... Bernard agreed with you about the medical men. Mm-hmm. He said all those doctors made the wrong choices. But he wanted to take it a step farther and assign them as the villain and not Pazuzu. I think that's wild. I disagree. Yeah, but still. Yeah. 
I don't know if you know this about Bernard, but he tends to be a bit extreme at times. <laughs> no, definitely not. But I'm also not that way. <laughs> so calm recognizes calm. <laughs> so let's get back into it. Do the characters deserve to survive? And I want to take a second here, and we already named four candidates for the hero. Mm-hmm. So we definitely want to talk about Marin here, Reagan here, mm-hmm. Karis here, mm-hmm. um, and Chris, the mom here. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about the people who actually died too, or are they're just like side characters? I mostly wanted to talk about Burke. And Burke? Like, that's the only side character that I wanted to bring forth. Burke was the director, correct? Yes. Who also maybe had a thing for the mom? That's what I was confused about. I didn't know if that was the potential boyfriend who Reagan said, is is he going to be my new dad or something like that? Yes. And he was an older gentleman. And also a terrible person. He seemed horrendous. And... I don't think that Chris liked him a whole lot. I think they were friends. I don't, I didn't sense a romantic connection. I didn't either. So I got real confused because I kept getting Burke confused with Dennings, who's an actual priest. But to me, Dennings made more sense. No. Wait, oh God. Have I made a terrible error? The priest. Who are you talking about? I'm talking about the priest who get, ends up giving Karis last rites. That's not Dunnings? No, they never really say his name, but his name is Father Dyer. Dyer, that's right. The D's got me. I swear to God, they never say that guy's name. I think they call him Father Dyer. Okay. Yeah. So Burke Dennings. Okay. And then Father. So I kept getting Burke Dennings confused with Father Dyer, and I thought Father Dyer was a much more likely candidate for Chris, even though he was a priest. But he just seemed to be more her age, better looking. But also gay. What? I thought he was gay. I mean, it's not like they came out and say it, but I he gave me a very big gay vibe. Also a real priest. Well, I still thought he was gay. <laughs> no, I'm just letting you know. Interesting. Yeah, he, he is a real priest. Um, okay. So, all right. So we're talking about Marin, Reagan, Karis, Chris, and Burke Dennings. Yeah. Okay. Because those are all of the victims of Pazuzu. Yes. I mean, are obviously Sharon, Carl, and the housekeeper. They didn't die. Yeah, they're side characters. They had some involvement, not a lot. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to be straight with you and say I do think everybody deserved to survive except for Dennings because I think he's just a trash human being. I agree with you. I was totally ambivalent towards his death. I was kind of like, hmm. Probably doing the world a favor. And most of the people were, except for the cop. They were like, he was drunk. 
it seemed like that was who he was. No one batted an eye. Yeah. Famous Hollywood director, producer, whatever, died, fell out of flight, fell down a flight of stairs. No one even considered that someone threw him out a window. <laughs> I loved it. Except for that cop. He was like, there's a one in a thousand chance that his head would have landed like that. But we think it was done before he was thrown down the stairs or fell down the stairs. Well, he had his suspicions because he had that figurine in his hand. This is another thing that went right over my head. Yeah, it had to do with that. And especially, so like this was, obviously I told you about the paint and the clay thing Mm -hmm. that they connected with the church, Mm -hmm. which I don't even remember that scene from when I first watched it from the desecration of the church. But also in the book, there was a letter written in Latin. Mm -hmm. um, And they were able to trace it back to being typed on Chris's typewriter somehow. Uh And then, like, that connected it back to Reagan. Okay. But Reagan is completely innocent. Chris is completely innocent. Mm -hmm. And good people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we know enough about Marin. I was a little ambivalent about his death. Like, I was like, hmm, all right. Well, he was old anyway. <laughs> he has no screen time. Yeah. You see him in the beginning. You see him at the end. We saw him taking some kind of pills. I thought that they were nitroglycerin for chest pain. Okay. That is me having no medical background at all. Absolutely not. Yeah. I I saw his shaking hands and I was like, maybe an anti-shaking <laughs> I Because he seemed like an anxious old man. I was like, oh, maybe he has heart problems. And, but did that, did that start with them unearthing Pazuzu? I don't know. Because we saw that after he brought all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Marin, they knew he was going to die. They said it. Mm-hmm. They said the last exorcism he did, because he was, like, the only one around who's ever completed one, almost killed him. So they kind of resigned themselves to the fact that he wasn't going to make it through. Yeah. But Karis... Like we mentioned before, he had his own story of personal growth. Mm-hmm. He deserved to survive. I agree. He was a good guy. Mm-hmm. He wanted to help people. I understand his faith was shaken, mm-hmm. but I also think that's normal. Yeah. Especially with the guilt he was suffering because of his mom, even though not th- he didn't do anything wrong. His mom didn't seem well. No. And can I just ask the question, where did she find a Greek radio station? (laughs) So this was another thing. Was she in Brooklyn? Yes. And he was still in D.C.? She was in Brooklyn. Because I can believe her finding a Greek radio station in Brooklyn. Okay. And I read in one of the facts something like, They hated that they didn't put Brooklyn on there. They gave people credit that they'd be able to figure it out. Hell no. (laughs) 
I was like, okay, I don't think kids would be jumping on cars in the street in Washington, D.C., so this has to be another place. And then they say Brooklyn at some point. Okay. I don't remember them saying Brooklyn. Honestly, I just thought the whole play- thing was taking place in New York until the end. No, because they have that Georgetown. Yeah, but I, I, know, I didn't know, I know where the fuck Georgetown was. No, it's I, I totally get it. Yeah. It's confusing. We're going to D.C. soon, and I really want to find those stairs. You have to. It's your duty. It's like roadside attraction in me and like also pop culture lover. You have to. Okay. Because I... What? The house is... Did I read somewhere that the house is now like a restaurant or Uh, something? That I don't remember. I can't remember. I might be making that up. But the iconic stairs, they're still there. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe I should tumble down. I'm just kidding. No. I'm kidding. Can you stay at the bottom after saying that, please? <laughs> just take a picture at the bottom. Maybe I'll, like, lay on the ground and, like, have my tongue out, like, bleh. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, really, no one deserved to die. Except it, for Burke. Except. And really, did he deserve to die? He sucked. But he didn't deserve death. It's not like he's a villain in and of himself. He's socked. So the first time I ever saw this, I thought he went up to her room because he was a pervert. Ooh. <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Okay. But I know now after the third time that he was asked to stay. Okay. Yes. You got your plot that plot hole answered. <laughs> Yeah, we don't care that he died, but he didn't deserve death. I just want to say that. Okay. Yeah. We don't care about Marin surviving either. No. I mean, should he have survived? Sure. We think he was a good guy. Who knows? But the people in Iraq seemed to like him. They did seem to like him. I know. And then Karis, Reagan, and Chris all deserved to survive. Yes. Karis's death was, like... The last, this is like a slow burn, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And like the last 30 minutes are just boom, 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 Mm -hmm. boom. And like Karis's death is just so shocking. Mm -hmm. It is. You just don't even know. And I I saw before and I was like, oh, damn, I thought he lived. (laughs) (laughs) He did it. (laughs) (laughs) No, he did not. But I, I... figured he would and i really liked that he got read his last rites Mm. and that his friend was there and like they were holding hands yes and he knew he knew what was happening it was really powerful yeah like to see like his hand kind of moving Mm -hmm. got goosebumps yeah okay i want to move on before i say something i shouldn't so are we going to number six Jump scares. And scariest parts of the movie. Yes. I love it. I think the first time I watched it, I had a little bit of jump scare with the flashes of the demon face. I don't think that bothered me. It honestly didn't bother me this time. It's very like, ooh, like, did I just see that? I don't know why, but I didn't, it didn't bother me at all. The thing that bothers me the most might be the thing that bothers you the most. Okay. But, like, 
Do you want to say what bothers you the most? How do you know what bothers me the most? I want you to say. So I had watched, I had started watching this in the afternoon and then Burner was like, I want to watch it. Okay. And he asked me how far I got and I was like, oh, it's just past Iraq. And he was like, okay, we can just start there. I don't care about all that. Yeah, that's fair. So I had to turn it off after that first scene with her masturbating with the crucifix and, and talking. Lick me. Yes. I had to turn it off. I was like, I can't. I'm done. This is too much for me. And then I, I think that's the part of the movie that sticks with me the most. Not the head spinning and the throw up, but like that crucifix scene. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have a Gen Zero watch that now. That is just as disturbing as it was in 1973 and just as terrifying. Mm-hmm. I I agree with that. And I also like, they're like, oh, to get that effect, Linda Blair just had to like put it into her crotch where there was a fake blood soaked sponge. And I'm like, that's not better. I didn't know that. That's, I hope that Linda Blair herself had some kind of therapy. <laughs> Jumping the gun a little bit. <laughs> well, it said something like her makeup artist once asked her. There was a lot of facts, and I read them all. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it, the makeup artist asked her, like, how do you feel about, like, reading all this bad language and stuff like that? And she was like, oh, I don't say that. Reagan does. So it seemed like she had some kind of separation in her mind. But also, she doesn't say a lot of bad things. It was like the... What was that lady? The like Mercedes a voice actor. Yeah. Something like that. The voice actor said that stuff. But she probably still had to say it to get the effect. Yes. So they could match up. Yeah. Good call. So, um, but yeah, that, that scene, it was a lot. Um, and, and like the language, what, whatever. But, like, her grabbing the mom's face, oh. and then she flew back, and the door cl- It was just a very tension-filled scene. She grabs the mom's face and puts it in her crotch. Like, can you imagine trying to recover from that? Oh, no. Like, that is awful. Mm-hmm. But that's not the part that I wanted to close my eyes at. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. I'm actually shocked that you didn't say... Something different. The scene where they're doing the test and they put the needle in her neck and they show everything and then they show the blood spurting out. Oh. And you see Ray, like Linda Blair does such a good job acting Mm -hmm. because she's in so, like it looks like she's in pain. She's so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I started to feel a little faint. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, because that's where they said people were fainting in the audience and that's And that was, like, the most disturbing part to people. I mean, I don't know if it's disturbing because I think it's, you know, it's just medical stuff. But, like, seeing that blood and then her reaction to, like, having to stay there, that was tough. To me, it was knowing that a parent's witnessing their kid going through that. And that mom is there, yeah. You can't do anything about it except be there to feel bad with them. I think that was the only urge that I had to close my eyes, though. Okay. Personally. But the crucifix and the vag is bad. Yeah. It's 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 real bad. And you had told me the first time I watched it, you were like, what about the crab walk down the stairs? Mm-hmm. Because that has since been cut. 
Which is bizarre to me. And I know that there's an extended version somewhere that has it's seemingly a ton more scenes. Okay. I don't know about that. I don't know where it is. So I think when I first watched it at Duquesne, it had the crab walk. But I still don't remember the desecration of the church. Hmm. So I don't know. I do think... And I just, I want to loop it in here because I think it fits here. I think the effects of her, like, I, something that's lost on recent movies, and I think I saw it with The Pope's Exorcist, digital effects, they're not scary. Like, you can see how fakey they are. Practical effects like this, like what Mm -hmm. Reagan did with, like, what they did with their head and stuff like that, and, like, the help me and her stomach. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Sometimes, like, and I don't even know if you can say it's the easier way because I'm sure people work on that. But I also, I don't know what the hell I was reading. Something about maybe it was the superhero models and how quickly digital effects companies will get fired for making special effects because they can't they're not doing it quickly because they want to make it good and the the people making the movies don't care if it's done well they want it done quickly and that's why they're going downhill because they're just concerned about making the movie instead of making it look good that's interesting so like the managers of these companies are pushing people to get the shots out and the people are like well it's not gonna look good and they're like it doesn't matter yeah because I I read, like, to this day, I still think the head turning looks good. And and how they made sure that breath comes out. Phenomenal. Absolutely. I loved it. And they and they did, like, all, her skin, like, flaying off. Like, they figured out how to get that done. The cracks on the ceiling when the room was shaped. Like, all that stuff actually was happening. Yeah. And then... Um... I think the only thing that was kind of stupid was the, not stupid, but, like, the the vomit was, like, eh. like, that's not scary. That's just kind of gross. It was gross. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was scary either. What was something else that was really chilling was whenever she peed the carpet. Mm-hmm. And said, you're going to die up there or something like that. That guy was supposed to be an astronaut. And he was going to take off. That's why that was. Because it didn't make sense until you know that. And then it makes it a lot worse. And then she just pees. Mm-hmm. And that mom's reaction was just as exactly what mm-hmm. you would do. And, and you you also know at that point she hadn't been feeling well. So it's been going on for a while. Yeah. Another part that's... I feel like you don't know... You don't see this until you watch it again... Whenever, like, the first instance, after she brings out the Ouija board, she says, my bed was shaking, I can't get to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's not until about 30 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. Oof. That's... It is, it is... You called it a slow burn movie, and it absolutely is. But I think there, the good story is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the mom's... Like, Ellen Burstein's... Burstein's acting was mm-hmm. she deserved to be nominated i don't think she won but i think she was nominated 
I don't remember. And Linda Blair was nominated, and Karis was nominated. Yes. I don't think it won anything. I think it won Best Picture? Yes. And Best Screenplay? Maybe. Something like that. But I think it really holds up for being from, what is it now, 50 years old? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. 50 years old. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. But I think, I and that's why, and I'm ex- interested to see how this progresses with our old movie, new movie. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like, all of these practical effects are what helps to make these old movies iconic. And a lot of it might have to do with the practical effects that we talked about. Yeah. The fact that they made it as real as they could. Yeah. Oh, and I like the the recording part of that, too. I just want to talk about that. Like, whenever, like, uh, Karis goes and re- records the voices and then he plays it mm-hmm. back. And then it asks, it says, fear the priest, and it says Marin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything else? I'm sorry, I went ham there. No, that's okay. I just have, I just have a bunch of thoughts. Okay. Um, which is fine, because we're going to move to final thoughts. Okay. Um, could you have survived this movie? No, I'd be dead. Who I- are you? I imagine myself as Reagan. Oh my god. Isn't that weird? Like, do you still think of yourself as like a kid? Oh, I I can't believe I'm in charge on a daily basis. Like I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So I picture myself as Reagan. Okay. See, and I picture myself as the mom, which makes sense. Would you so you would be able to survive because you have to? Yes. I would not be able like that's that's the one thing that you don't really, like, when you're the adult in charge, showing fear and all that, like, it has to go by the wayside. And I'm thinking, like, as a 12-year-old, do you try to kill yourself? You know? I don't know that she could have because with the demon in charge. Another thing that I thought about with that, though... Like, it liked cold, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Could it have been, like, a Stranger Things thing where they burn it out of her? Like, do you remember how they did that with Will? They, like, yeah. put him in, like, hot and, like, made it go out of him. I, I don't, don't know. know. It was just a weird thought that I had. <laughs> I like the crossover idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, That's all. So we talked, we touched upon the staying power for sure. Um, how much therapy do you think they need? So in her, in Exorcist 2, she, it literally is like she's in therapy. <laughs> Trying to process all of it. Reagan. But she can't remember any of it. She does. She's just you telling everybody. You think so? She's telling everybody that she can't, but she can. Because... I thought. Tell me what you thought. You're shaking your head at me. I don't know if I want to tell you. No, I'm just saying I know because I watched the majority of number two. Oh, okay. So in in my opinion, when she was seeing Father Dyer 
at the end. Mm -hmm. And she, like, suddenly gave him a kiss on the cheek. To me, that made it seem like she didn't remember because it, like, struck her all of a sudden that she needed to do something nice for him. And I think she remembered bits and pieces and flashes. Okay. Yeah. So I think mom needs a lot of therapy. Mom definitely needs a lot of therapy. I mean, she lost a possible significant other. Who knows? Who knows? It's probably for the better. Yeah. Um, She's picking up and moving house. Like, I don't know how you don't live in fear that that's going to happen again. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they probably should have been in therapy either because the whole marriage husband situation didn't seem good. Yeah, but that's like a new concept at that time. True. So, the staying power of this movie. I think we've talked about this a lot already with like the themes and the practical effects. Like, the crucifix scene, it's just, like, you'll never not think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, once you see this movie, you're always going to remember it. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the movie, like, this wasn't my first exorcism movie that I saw, but whenever I was, like, young and, like, in, like, Catholic youth group, exorcism scared the shit out of me. Like, I thought I would be possessed at any time. Well, because it is scary. You do hear about it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the, a big difference people talked about between the movie, the movie and the novel was that the novel left a lot of room for ambiguity. Was it an actual exorcism or was it actually like a mental medical thing that was going on? Whereas the movie, it is cut and dry. It is a possession, Mm -hmm. but there's so many movies about exorcisms and how they're real and how you deal with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that it does seem quite like a possibility. Yeah. But then, uh, where was I reading into this? I happened upon this information, and I can't, I'm not reliable, of, but I do remember hearing about this, that Lorraine and Ed, uh, Warren, the yes. Warrens, like, that half of the stuff that they did was bullshit. Like, that it's not, doesn't have, like, a lick of truth. And, like, Ed Warren's a shitty guy. Was oh, a shitty really? Guy. Had mistresses. Pedophile. Oh, my God. He was dating a 16-year-old. Yeah. Ooh. So, like, where does that come in with all of this stupid, like, not stupid, but, like, where does this come in with all of his religious stuff? I guess. Um, to go along with this, um, the, did you say that you would die? You said no. I said no. Because you have to, yeah. I have to take care of my kid. Yeah. So this was actually like based on an actual exorcism. Was it the one about, oh no, this was 1949 or some weird stuff. Possess. Wait, no, 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 no. They sorry. didn't release the name. I feel like I saw. No, they didn't release the name. They did find out who he was. They let me see. 
Oh, the name, the true identity of the boy whose supposed possession inspired the novel was revealed in late 2021. His real name was Ronald Edwin Hunkler, who grew to be a successful NASA engineer who patented a technology to help space shuttles withstand extreme heat. He never discussed his experiences and always feared exposure. He passed away in 2020, just before his 86th birthday. The debate over whether it was a genuine possession or mental illness continues, however. Hmm. Um, they did um, contemplate talking to him, but then they decided that it wouldn't be good for him yeah, to talk to them. That's smart. Honestly, nicer than I would think Hollywood people <laughs> would be. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, Hollywood people, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just not in a good place with all the Danny Masterson stuff No, going no, no. On, but... I'm totally with you. Yeah. No way. So. Do you believe in possessions? Or do you not want to comment in case Pazuzu comes for you? I don't like that you just said that. <laughs> Which probably answers your question. <laughs> I would prefer to fly under the radar <laughs> and just live my life. Yeah. Demon in possession free. <laughs> I have like three final thoughts. Okay. Okay, I, can I just go through some of these facts here? Mm-hmm. So the voice actress, mm-hmm. you mentioned her early, Mercedes McCambridge. Um, she provided the voice of the demon, insisted on swallowing raw eggs and chain smoking to alter her voice. The actress, who had problems with alcohol abuse in the past, furthermore wanted to drink whiskey as she knew alcohol would distort her voice even more and create the crazed state of mind of the character. As she was giving up sobriety, she insisted that her priest be present to counsel her during the recording process. At Friedkin's direction, Cambridge was also bound to a chair with pieces of a torn sheet at her neck, arms, wrists, legs, and feet to get a more realistic sound of the demon struggling against its restraints. But Cambridge later recalled the experience as one of horrific rage, while Friedkin admitted that her performance terrified the director. So... I'm speechless. Yeah. What are raw eggs going to do? Maybe because they're so big. Like, I imagined her eating them whole. Huh? That's what I thought. I thought she was just swallowing whole eggs. Like, with the shell? Yeah. No. Maybe they coat your vocal cords and make them sound weird? Like, the gloppiest stuff? Oh, God. How did she not get salmonella? Oh, that's a great question. Did you know about Ellen Burstyn being hurt? The back thing. I do, but maybe listeners don't. So I think it's really cool to... Not cool, but like... They talked about um, in that scene where um, Reagan was masturbating with the cross. She throws her mom off of her. And they did it so hard that Burstyn got a permanent back industry. She broke her cock. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Cossacks. Cossacks, yes. Um, and, like, it wasn't on IMDb, but I read somewhere that they weren't supposed to do it that hard. And the director said, do it that hard. Because he figured doing it once really hard was better than doing it a little bit for a many times. Uh, and that's the scene that they kept? Yep, that's the scene that they kept. This director seemed like a real dick. He did. The refrigerated bedroom set was cooled with four air conditioners and temperatures would plunge below 30 degrees. 
It was so cold that perspiration would freeze on some of the cast and crew. On one occasion, the air was saturated with moisture, revealing a thin layer of snow falling on the set before they arrived for filming. They had to develop specialized blankets to put on the camera so they would continue working. Whoa. Yeah, it's crazy. I do like this quote. William Friedkin says in the making of documentary that he cast Jason Miller as Father Karras because he had seen him in a stage play and his performance reeked of failed Catholicism. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's hilarious. I hope that's written on his gravestone. (laughs) Reeked of failed Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Um, I already talked about that. So at the end, when he's being read <laughs> last rites, the dyer's real name is Father William O'Malley. And I guess he was having trouble like getting the right emotional feeling for it. And the director said, do you trust me? And the guy said yes. And immediately he slapped him as hard as he could across the face. So that's why he was, like, shaking during the reading of The Last Rites, because he had just gotten whomped. Oh, my God. This guy. And, I mean, there was the whole, like, he did, like, a shotgun. Like, he would shoot off guns. I did read that. And Karis lost hearing in one of his ears because of it. Yeah, that's really fucked up. It is. There's, like, a whole thing... About weird paranormal stuff that happened on set, but it wasn't yes. in IMDb's facts. I thought I read some of it there. Okay. Uh, something about, like, the entire set burned down except the room. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I didn't know this, but there was an Exorcist TV show on Fox for two years. I didn't know that. 2016 to 2018. Starred Gina Davis playing a grown-up Reagan McNeil, who's now dealing with the possession of her daughter and the reemergence of the demon within herself again. Oh. Yeah. So. Weird. Do you know about the x-ray tech? Yes, I do, but please. How he was a serial killer. He killed... Well, he think he was only convicted for the murder of one guy, but he, like, bragged in prison about how he killed multiple people and, like, dismembered their bodies and stuff. So, that's that guy. Great, great guy. I didn't realize he spoke in the film, so that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, they were called the Bag Murders. Hmm. Um, and it happened in... Oh, he was a convicted murderer of a film critic. I didn't know that. And then he said that he murdered six other men that he picked up in bars. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, I have three final thoughts about the movie that I just want to touch upon. I have a couple. Okay. Let me, I just, the rules that Marin said, and then Karis immediately disregards. Do not listen. He'll mix lies with the truth. He wants to confuse. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing with the mom happens. And I'm like, come on, Karis. You got this. That's tough. But this kind of goes there. The mother, like Chris McNeil asking Karis, is she going to die? That's what snaps him back. Read my second to last note. 
oh my gosh, we literally said the same thing. And my, your next note is my next note. note. <laughs> yes, it is. That's one of my thoughts. Say it. Karis's CPR on Marin was wild. He is a legit medical doctor. <laughs> Harvard, Johns Hopkins. Like, he n- lists all these schools. And I'm like, this dude doesn't know how to do CPR. He's going... There's no like your fists are not a defibrillator. Stop. He does it four times and he's like, nah, he's dead. Like there's no bringing him back. You're supposed to do it for like a while until like someone else comes. Yeah. Until the ambulance arrives, I believe. And you're supposed to do like, you know, a rhythm. Yeah, One, there's a new two, song three. now. Oh, what's the new song? Fuck, I forget. <laughs> That's not going to help you if you have to do CPR. No, it's not Staying Alive Anymore. Um, it's I, Is it a rap song? I hope it is. Is it? I hope it's like WAP or something. What ass? <laughs> oh, there's a bunch of songs they tell you to do. So this one, it says, the new one is Titi Mi Pregunto by Bad Bunny. I haven't gotten into Don't Bad know. Bunny. But also The Man by Taylor Swift is a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does, does it work? Yeah. Oh, there. yeah. You could almost do Bye Bye Bye, Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. I feel like Bye 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 Galactic by Beastie Boys. Oh. Yeah, Bad Bunny is the one they're talking about. Bye. No, Bye 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 is too fast, unless they're just talking about the beat during the song. Because Bye Bye Bye. The words bye, are not bye. the beat. No. I can't. I'm doing this tonight. You're probably going to start a fight. Like that? Does that work? Yeah. Okay. Not. Bye, bye, bye. That's too fast. I don't know. There's going to be, like, medical professionals listening to me. Like, no, don't listen to her. She's wrong. I don't have a medical background. No, you don't. You don't. You are a blue-collar lady. Hands in my dirt. (laughs) In my dirt. Uh, Hands hands (laughs) in my dirt. (laughs) That's a thing, right? Yep. Um, all right, yeah, that was my, that was my last thing. Karis's TPR. Bernard and I were both like, what? <laughs> I forgot about that. And I was shocked. That really shouldn't be the last thing I end on, though. So, I have something. Okay, great. And I think it's good. I think her normal face is such a shock. After her possessed one for such a long time. Like, you see her and you're like, oh, wow, that's what she looks like. I thought she looked, like, possessed all the time. You know what I mean, though? Like, did you feel like that? Like, oh, that's what she really looks like. I like that you could see remnants of it, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to say, I want to add something else. Because I read in the facts that some people believe that the demon killed Karis. Not that the Karis sacrificed himself. No, I think 100% Karis sacrificed himself. Absolutely. You see, like, the battle of the faces. Hondo P. And he... Yep. Kill... Yeah. Yeah. So just to spell that out, if anyone doesn't believe that, 
that is absolutely what happened and you're wrong. I like that you said that. I didn't even think that that other thing was an option. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a new movie that you would like to do? I don't because I thought you had a list of new movies. I, I did. Would you like to glance over it I, out of my, my would love to. short list that I just cobbled together? It's so funny. Like, I didn't take a lot of notes at all. I think with our new criteria, it, I don't know if you really have to. I would like to watch Parasite. Okay, let's do it. I have never seen it, and I always hear about it, and I have some inkling, but not a lot. Okay. Have you watched it? I have. Okay. I don't think this is a spoiler, but it is also a slow burn. Okay. So. I love a good slow burn. Except if it's in smut, then I just want them to, like, get it. No, that makes it better. You like the slow burn? I like the slow burn. I like that suspense, that waiting. It makes the longing all more, all the more... I gotta get you into some books. I know. Get you, you do. over that. <laughs> Just smut all the time. <laughs> all day, every day. All day, every day. I'm reading at work on my break, like, who? Who? <laughs> me? I always, at, your, at your blue collar job? <laughs> my hands in the dirt. <laughs> um, the drink. I liked it. I'm shocked. I was telling her stepmom when she was here because she was watching me make the drink absolutely repulsed. (laughs) But I said, I was like, you know, I've done it with gin and it's really good. But I like gin a lot. And I also like red wine a lot. But I've also done it with bourbon. Like basically you make like a old fashioned and then you just like top it with red wine. That complements it in such a way. And I feel like listeners are hearing about it and it's effects right now. <laughs> I didn't even hear that you said effects. I had to use context clues to figure out what you were saying. So two of these in an hour and 30 minutes will do some damage. But I've also had like Shh, we've two had a drink and a half Yeah, we did, we did drink some beer. Not a lot. Not a lot. I want maybe even two beers because I had a flight and then ha- we split a beer. Mm-hmm. But tequila is always... It's a X factor. It's a womp. Yeah. So try, womp. The, try the drink. I don't like tequila and I don't like red wine, but I like this drink. I want you to try the red wine. I will. Um, try the drink. Movie martini glasses. Oh, yeah, because that's still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, it's not my number one horror movie. I'm gonna give it a four point five. I'm giving it. I'm giving it <laughs> five out of five. Okay. Um, I like the slow burn. I think the story is excellent. I think that my second watch was better than my first watch. I'm gonna tell you why I gave it four point five. I want to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's because of all these questions that I have still. Mm, I have no questions. Okay. I figured it out. Well, because you read IMDb facts. <laughs> I re- I watched this movie and I'm like, why do I think that this is named Pazuzu? Maybe you should read the book. Maybe I should. Yeah. Maybe it'll be my Halloween book. You could suggest it for your book club next time you're up. The last book I suggested scarred people. So what was I- it? 
Tender is the Flesh. I did oh, not right. suggest that you read that for a reason. Okay. But it's a quick read, but it is fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but everybody's still talking about it, so. It stuck with them. That's the hallmark of a good book. Yep. So next is Exorcist. I'm going to suggest it and see what people say. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I had a blast. It's fun. Fun time. We'll see how this next movie goes. I feel like it's still, like, dipping my toes in. I don't think you'll be scared. That's good. I genuinely think that. Do you want me to warn you if you suggest a new movie and I'm like, oh, that's scary? Or do you want me to just let it happen? Just let it happen. Okay. Because once we pick, it's happening. But are you going to tell me if you get nightmares? I will. Okay. I, I feel like it, it should be said in <laughs> like, How much therapy do you need after watching this movie? <laughs> All right. Well, stay spooky. Check out the Instagram at ToastyRomcoms. T-O-A-S-T-Y-R-O-M-C-O-M-S. Drinks are up there. Movie suggestions. Places we've been around the Berg and the world. Um, so check that out. The website, www.toasttoromcoms.com and email us with any movie suggestions, drink suggestions. This is a whole new genre. So we're up for anything. If, uh, just not torture porn. Yeah. Not torture porn. Sorry. That's the one thing. Like I just, I'm not doing it. It's a hard pass. Hard pass. (laughs) And on that note, stay spooky. (laughs) Watch out. Drink up. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.